clear the steam from my glasses. Good morning. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Dean picked that congregational song, and it, it's right up my, uh, my outline today. My outline is called The Soul Refresher. And that song says, Souls in danger, look above. Amazing what a, the way the Lord works. Let's switch to open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for another Sunday morning. We just pray for this word, Lord, that it would, would glorify you. We pray for the um, those that are sick, Sylvia, Tay, and Colin, and uh, Vince, and uh, others that couldn't make it today. We pray they're able to watch it, watch it on the stream this morning. We just pray this in your name. Amen. It's 11.15, and as far as I can remember, going way back, we're always in that blue room having refreshments. And COVID, as we know, changed that. But that was that was a good time. We had uh, bagels, donuts, fruit, big spread, tea and coffee, nuts, quiche, right, sometimes, Shona. And uh, it was always loud in there. Because of the fellowship and uh, sharing, we had fun in there with fellowship. Dean would always have to announce people to come out. They were having so much fun. It was hard to get people to leave the room. It was a great way to start the week with the remembrance meeting and then the fellowship time in there. It gave us strength to sustain us and invigorated us for the coming week. And, you know, as Christians, we look at fellowship uh, refreshment different than the world does. Some things are common and the same, but the world tells us some things that are refreshing. They're not, and some of them can kill you. I go pretty far back, and I feel like I'm going even farther back now that I'm now in the grandparents' club. But I remember uh, some of the bad ones. I remember the the billboards and the commercials for the cigarettes and tobacco. And one of them was, enjoy the refreshing taste of a cool cigarette. (laughs) I wonder how refreshing that would be after you smoked them for a few years. Julep menthol cigarettes fight the symptoms of smoking, such as throat burn and tobacco breath. Even after you're a chain smoker, your mouth feels clean, refreshed at the end of the day. And it's amazing how much science was naive to the danger of these things. And then, some of you might remember this, the Flintstones was actually on at night. It was in in prime time. And Fred and Barney were puffing Winstons, and there was a cigarette commercial for Winston on on the cartoon. And in my family, we watched a lot of the game shows, uh, What's My Line, and all those in the whole panel, you could barely see them. They were all puffing away doing the, doing the game shows. But some of the good ones, we can agree. Who doesn't like a Coke or a Diet Coke? A cool shower, a bike ride, a swim, the, going to the beach. Uh, all these are refreshing to us. It's good to be refreshed, but all those good ones are temporary and they're not lasting. You'll do some of these, and then a couple hours later, you'll have to do them again. We need those kind of refreshments all day long. 
So today we're going to get refreshed. I can't give you donuts today, but we're going to have something better. And that's spiritual refreshment, which is refreshment for the soul. And I called this thing today the soul refresher. And when scripture says something is refreshing, we can count on it and it's going to last. In Jeremiah 31, 25, it says, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. And we all can fall into that category from time to time. Christ is always the one to go to when we're weary and faint. As the song says, are you weak and heavy laden? Take it to the Lord in prayer. That's what we do now. We did it pre-COVID at the prayer meetings and the women study. And we'll do it again someday, Lord willing. Group prayer is powerful and encourages others and it brings us together. We have remote prayer now, too. We hear the one calls, and I'm sure all of us are praying as soon as we can. The word says, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And that is so true. And we, if you look around at everybody in here and everybody on the stream that you don't see, we can all be encouraged that we're all praying for each other, even though we can't see everyone. And as you know, there's been some very sad one calls lately, but we mourn together and we rejoice together. We're all in this thing together. We pray for comfort and strength in these tough times. In the same way Paul does here, he was refreshed by the saints when he visited the Corinthians who were building each other up. In 2 Corinthians 7.13, it says, By all this, so you have to know what all this is. It was a church that was now thriving because there was a brother in there who had repented and was walking again, and the whole group was now encouraged by that. He says, By this we are encouraged. In addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. Just like we, I just said, in, in that church, they refreshed each other. My One of my favorite brothers is back in the corner today. Good to see him here. I was always refreshed in the prayer meeting. And one thing he said when we, when we would get together, he goes, you can go to the prayer meeting, and many of you do after a hard day's work, exhausted, but by the time the meeting is over, you'll be encouraged and refreshed and invigorated. It's true. The Lord satisfies, and that's why it's so important to go to as many meetings as we can to get that spiritual download. Psalm 23 says, He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. And Psalm 19.17 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. So that's three ways he refreshes our soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, 
and the Lord's law is perfect. Perfect, not like our laws, which are constantly being revisioned, deleted, edited. Dave knows this. Or you get, we get a book like that with the police department about what changes every January. And there's so much distrust now about this pandemic. It's amazing. And the best way to defeat it. We got the vaccines, the masks, uh, the closures, and then the openings, the flights, air flights, uh, return to work. Everybody's all over the map on these things. Many trust the scientists and get the vaccines, but others have their own. They trust other things. That's that's their right. And they trust other sources. So there's so much distrust. But the word of God is a constant source of trust for us and encouragement. Food and drink is refreshing, but we're going to have to do it again in in a couple hours. He strengthens our minds and our spirit. We trust the Lord. We trust his precepts, his, his commands. And there's no for us. There's no alternative. It's pretty rough out there now, as Dean said, what'd you say, ebb and flow? It's ebbing and flowing. Afghanistan is a is a hot mess. There's a refugee crisis. China is constantly on simmering, and it seems like I, we've gone back ten years to uh, Taliban in control and a cycle of drone strikes and uh, terrorism. We're seeing terrorism constantly now. Um, and against a rejuvenated ISIS. I hadn't heard of ISIS in a few years, but but they're back. And to top it off, California's on fire, and we have very little water. And the COVID is mutating. Again, we have a, a new one, not related to COVID, but it's called a Nipah, N-I-P-A-H, Nipah virus. And you've heard this before. It comes from bats who pass it on to pigs, who pass it on to people. And it's very fatal compared to this one. It's way stronger. And they say there's no cure. And then somebody said, well, it's an AIDS contained in Asia. Well, where have we heard that before? So it's definitely uh, ebbing and flowing out there. And our minds wander constantly. We have all this going on. And we always need to get spiritually refreshed. I think about how many times a verse comes to mind for me. You might have learned it in the memory class over the years or just something you get in your study. When you're going through a trial or somebody else is going through a trial or you just receive some tough news. The one that the verse that I always go back on, I've used many times is Isaiah 41:10. Very familiar verse. It says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I have used that thing so many times. When Sherry was found to have cancer and going through all the treatments, as others have in this room, it just makes your knees buckle. And other diseases and setbacks from the the saints in the room and in the family, personal family and in the family of God, It strengthens us. It upholds us. And it shows how much it cares for us. 
He knows that we're going to get dismayed. He says, don't get, do not fear, do not be dismayed. But we know we're going to get dismayed and he's always going to be there for us. If anybody need refreshing, it's David. He was pursued, attacked, starved, went without water, had to live in caves. And his sons were both felons or they both killed people. He had so many hard times. And then as well known, as Dean mentioned last week, failures with Bathsheba. And then one sin leads to another, the plot to kill Uriah and the counting of the census when he thought he was strong and the Lord was weakened in that in that move. So he had every reason to have anxiety. And in Psalm 94:19, he here tells you what he did with that anxiety written by him. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Other uh, other version says your comfort brought me joy. So we're going through all this stuff, this anxiety, so he can bring us comfort. He also wrote, I lie down to sleep, I wake because the Lord sustains me. We're not guaranteed to wake up every morning. And as the years go by, you know, sometimes we take it for granted, but you see people young and old passing away. So we got to appreciate Every day is from the Lord, and every day is a new day for us. And it comes from the Lord, and we should appreciate each and every day that we get. In the same way, the Lord sustained the nation, as you know, going through the wilderness as they entered and conquered the promised land. When there was no food, he provided manna. When there was no water, he provided it from a rock when it gushed out. Speaking of water, that's something we could use now. Psalm 68.9 says, You gave abundant showers, O God. You refreshed your weary inheritance. We sure could use some, uh, some showers. The reservoirs are dry. California's on fire. And they're using a lot of the water to try to put out the fire. So that's something... Uh, to keep in our prayers. He did it for a parched Israel and he can do it in the Western United States for us. So I have a couple of um, stories about people that were uh, refreshed. This one is a famous, it's kind of a long story. It's about Elijah, how he was rejuvenated. In 1 Kings 19, you can read, it's a long chapter, but right after he has the huge victory at Carmel, remember they doused his altar over and over and over, and then the prophets were trying to get the fire to come down, and they failed miserably, and Elijah was taunting him, and then he ends up killing all those prophets. So uh, prophets of Baal, Ahab's prophets, and it says Ahab told Jezebel everything, and she was irate, and she threatened to kill Elijah the very next day like he killed her prophets. Um, so in, a, in an unusual move for him, a weak moment uh, of anxiety, he was afraid. He ran into the wilderness for his life. He came to a, a tree, and he slept under it, and he prayed that he might die. He, he said... Uh, 
I have had enough. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And he laid under the bush. So here he is, totally down and out, completely depressed, really in need of physical and spiritual refreshment. So the Lord provides it immediately. He did this first one twice. He provides an angel who touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around and there was food and uh, baked bread and water over there. So he ate and laid down again. Then the angel repeated that. So he was refreshed twice. And the angel said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he did it. He strengthened by the food. This was quite the journey too. forty days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. So then the Lord speaks to him and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And here he has a little bit of uh, he's a little pompous. Uh, a little bit of self-importance and a little bit of uh, just not a very good attitude. He said, I have been very, he's touting himself. I've been very de- zealous for the Lord. The Lord is with him. He knows that. He doesn't have to tell him. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill kill me too. So he's he's down in the dumps, kind of pouting. Uh, The Lord said, "Okay, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord's about to pass by. So he's building him up spiritually. He does things. He does three things that demonstrate his power. He's out by the mountain. There was a great wind. There was earthquakes that shattered the rocks. And then there was a fire. But the Lord used those to demonstrate him. He is truly with the Lord and you better pay attention. And and then what happens after all these Miracles, these tremendous, powerful things. The Lord, like he can, he did not get down on Elijah. didn't, you know, yell at him or anything. He just said, a gentle whisper came. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled over his cloak on his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. He said, Elijah, what are you doing here? He's, he's off. He's left. He's left where he was serving. He went over. Uh, way away from where you're supposed to be. The Lord said, go back the way you came. Another, it's kind of like a Jonah thing. Go back to where you came from, which, you were, which was where you were when you were serving before he ran away. And then he puts Elijah to work again immediately. He said, when you get there, anoint Haziel king of, over Aram, Jehu king over Israel, and anoint Elijah to, to you, succeed you as your prophet. So three commands, and Elijah obeyed. He said he went from there, and that's what we should do when we're going the wrong place. Went from there, leave there, and go back to where you're supposed to be. He found Elisha, got together, and all three of the commands were completed. He completely refreshed Elijah's soul and invigorated him. From there, he went on to serve again with vigor. And later, as you know, he was taken to heaven in a chariot of fire. What a transformation from a plea for the Lord to take his life. Amazing. He took his life, but he took it to heaven. 
And this was the prophet of prophets. He taught that prophet school, if you remember. And this is not some, you know, weak guy. This is the main prophet. And it is said that Elijah performed eight miracles and Elisha 16 with that, with that double portion. So it shows that we can get as weak and have the same problem that Elijah did. You could say, well, how could Elijah do that? We can do the same thing. And he made a comeback. The Lord brought him back to serve. And the Lord restored him just like he restores us. He didn't give up or dump Elijah. And as the word says, he doesn't want to lose one of his sheep. So that's encouraging to us because we can fall. And then these two, this is the second one, these two, another another couple guys down on their whole attitude, they're downcast, they're sunken, they're falling, they're taking a walk to uh, Emmaus, a long walk, six miles, I think. And Jesus came up to them and walked with them and asked, what are you guys talking about? But they couldn't tell it was Jesus, as you know, he was unrecognizable. Jesus said, what are you guys talking about? And he says, and they kind of a snotty answer. He said, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know those things that just happened these days? And he goes, what things? And they they went on to tell him about Jesus' ministry, his trial, his betrayal, the crucifixion, and then the women finding the empty tomb and passing this on to them. And Jesus now speaks to them. They still don't know what it is, but um, in Luke 24, it's a very long chapter. This is some of it. Verses 25 to 33. It says, He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over, so he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, weren't not our hearts burning with us while we talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned to once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together. And saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. So same old story. They were downcast. Jesus is with them. He restores them spiritually completely. And then he takes bread. He restores them with physical needs too. And he gave it to them and they ate. And how did they react? They were filled with joy. And it said, They went to Jerusalem the next morning. No, it says they went to Jerusalem at once. The Lord comforts the downcast. That's another verse. All of them, Peter, the women, all the disciples were completely strengthened by the Lord. 
Then at the end of the chapter, it said, lifting up his hands, he blessed them. When he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. Then they worshipped him, returned to Jerusalem, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. We have all this stuff going on around us, and he is the one that can lift us up, rebuild us, rebuild our soul. And as these people were in these three examples, And then you think about Peter, Randy, I know, has covered this. And it's just an incredible example. He denied Jesus three times. And that's about as rock bottom as you can get. And later, I'm not sure how much soon after the crucifixion, Peter writes in 1 Peter 3 and 4, this is amazing. Praise be to the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. So three, three denials... And now he has three things that he's praising the Lord for. What a turnaround. The new birth, the living hope, and the internal inheritance. So after denying him three times, he praises him three times. And we have the treat of having the the New Testament. And we can read these verses. And these verses, like that verse, how does that verse not lift you up and encourage you. The Lord will never give up on us. He continues to refresh our souls as we walk with him and obey his commands. And he is the one that refreshes us. But how was he refreshed on the cross when the father couldn't help him? He was given gall, some kind of bitter vinegar, which deadens the senses, but he didn't take it because he wanted to go through the whole experience on our behalf. He finished the work on the cross without taking that gall to numb him. And he did this all for us. And uh, just want to read this, this one little song. It's on, it's on YouTube. It's called Refresh Me. It says, you are my shelter from the hurricane. You are my rock. You are my shade. Never changing, always the same. God, refresh me. And when my burdens are breaking me down and the enemy cries, shake the ground, I hear your voice pierce the sound saying, I am with you. So I lift up my hands to you. I lift my heart to you. Refresh me, God, refresh me. I raise my weakness high in it. You're glorified. Refresh me, God, refresh me. Let the river run down from your throne Let it wash me now and make me whole. Lord, fill my heart, flood my soul. Oh, refresh me. Oh, God, refresh me. Amen. Well, I hope that was um, refreshing as it was for me when I made this outline and read all those verses and prepared it. He refreshes us over and over. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you do refresh our soul, Lord. We thank you as we often get downcast. We uh, we turn to you and you only. 
And we study your word, which lifts us up and refreshes us. Lasting, not a temporary uh, refreshment. And we do pray for our country. We pray for our leaders. And we pray for all this, uh, the COVID, which just goes on and on and on and mutates. We pray um, the community could find a way to completely stamp this out. We just pray for all of our family of God in the room today and those watching. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.